0: The last
1: word with Matt Cooper. So let's
0: continue with our World Cup build-up and we're delighted to be joined by former, former Irish rugby captain, a man who, of course, participated in four rugby World Cups from Ireland, a Guinness ambassador now for their Don't Jinx It campaign. Brian O'Driscoll, thank you very much for being with us here this evening. Given that you played in four World Cup campaigns, you've observed the 2015 and 2019 campaigns under Joe Schmidt. How different does this squad and its prospects look to all of the previous six, given that on many occasions we went to those World Cups with such high hopes?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that has reduced any. That's for sure. I think the high hopes uh, in 2015 was the the potential route to that all-elusive semi-final, but then we came unstuck with a big injury list accumulated in the French game and lost out to Argentina. And then I think... S- you know, similarly but but slightly different in that not getting our game plan evolving and adjusted and changed on the back of some great performances in 17 and 18 and, and ultimately got worked out in 2019. Whereas this time around, it feels like we've got a game plan that um has an adaptability to whatever defense that might come at it. But I think we will continue having the nervousness around the prospect of losing some of our key performers over the course of the tournament, and thankfully. It's only been one player so far, but it's inevitable that we will probably lose some some performers. Is it you know those three or four key performers that we in particular can't afford to lose?
0: Would you be afraid that the likes of South Africa would look to deliberately target key players?
1: I think South Africa deliberately target key players in every game, right? You'll find that they've run at every out-half, every controlling out-half. If they were playing against France, they would be trying to grab hold of uh, Antoine Dupont and all their big performers too. So there's nothing new there. We shouldn't feel special in that regard. Um, But yet the prospect of potentially maybe seeing the likes of of South Africa again in another route around the other way is not inconceivable it's happened in plenty of world cups the big thing for us is can we hold on to those personnel host south africa into scotland and then the prospect of three knockout matches to to win the ultimate it's it's a huge ask it really is and and as much as there's huge expectation in the country we need an enormous slice of luck um, and there's no shock to the fact that there's only been four World Cup winners so far. The strength and depth of the teams and quality of of those sides in, in those World Cups. Um, huge player pools to choose from. So we're always going to be up against it, but yet it feels like we have a great chance because of what we've done in the last couple of years.
0: Is there a danger that we might underestimate beating Scotland in our final pool game they are 5th ranked in the world at this stage and if the result hasn't gone right for us against South Africa we might actually have to beat them could it be that for all the talk about what we might be able to do in the quarter final that we don't get there at all
1: God Matt don't jinx it Um, (laughs) it's it's, do you know what? I think you have to pay enough respect to Scotland to realise that can the fifth best team in the world beat the first, the, the number one team? Of course they can. They play brilliantly well. We're a little bit off. The, the margins are very small at the very top level. So, of course, you have to have the respect to, to, to know that you need to deliver a very high octane performance to, to beat Scotland. That said, if we have aspirations to get to semi finals and beyond that, I think we can't be thinking and, and nervous around the prospect of playing them in the fourth fourth game and how it, it mightn't go for us. I think we have to play with the, with the newfound confidence that is un, sits uneasily on Irish shoulders, but the reality is you can't play um, you know underdog ad nauseum of, of, on the basis of what we've seen in the last two years, winning in New Zealand, beating the best teams in the world regularly. We have to own it a small bit but yet, at the same time, there's a there's always going to be a bit of nervousness that comes with the anticipation. And whatever you do, you know, don't go and say that we're going to go and win the World Cup. Don't jinx that part of it. Let's let's just worry about the process and getting there.
0: Okay. Well, just a few permutations. Only just say that we are confident that we can beat Scotland. Does it really matter then whether we beat South Africa or not in our third pool game, given that? In coming out of the pool, we end up almost certainly playing either France or New Zealand in the quarterfinals. Does it really matter then as to whether we've beaten South Africa or not?
1: No, but to your previous point, it definitely puts an additional pressure if we go out with a half-baked team against South Africa and get beaten. And so the optics of that, you know, the messaging from Andy Farrell is we're going to forego this game to hold on to key personnel for the next game, but yet that... Pressure ratchets up significantly in the prospect of having to win the fourth game against a Scotland team that have nothing to lose. So there's 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 win and and, and you know something to win and something to lose at, at every turn um, in this group stage. Um, but I think that the, the attitude and the mentality has to be that we go full bore against the best teams, that we set down markers, and that we try and take on the world champions and and try and beat them at the group stage. And whatever circumstance unfolds. In the other group with between France and New Zealand, well, we'll accept that opposition. We're going to have to play one hell of a quarterfinal if and when we get there against one of those two teams to get through to that elusive semi-final. But nothing has changed there. We've known that for the best part of two and a half years.
0: We've had great players in the past at many World Cups. But do we have more top-class players going into this tournament? And do we have more depth to cover them than in any previous tournament?
1: Yes, we do. But is there always going to be a nervousness around the, the strength and depth in some key positions? Yes, to that as well. I think if you look at, at you know, besides the obvious positions of Johnny Sexton and Jameson Gibson Park, to name but a couple, um, you look at the, the one injury um, in in key and Healy that hasn't made the tour. Now, all of a sudden, you know, there's huge pressure on Andrew Porter to stay fit because, as much as Dave Kilcoyne has, you know, come in and and played a number of times for Ireland, he hasn't been a constant part of the setup. Jeremy Lockman, very new to it, and so there is a bit of a fall off in reality. To you know. The third and fourth down the pecking order in, in some positions. We're not like New Zealand where we can win a World Cup picking an out-half that's been out on a fishing trip for the last number of weeks. We're, we're, we don't have that level of quality right down, so we're, we're going to have to rely on a lot of good luck and good fortune and to hold on to those key performers and contributors.
0: I've been asking you how this Ireland squad compares to previous generations, but let's bring it into 2023 and how does this Irish squad compare to the countries that we're up against? Because there are some people saying there are only really four contenders to win this competition and France, New Zealand, the defending champions, South Africa and us are they the only four as far as you're concerned and how do we compare to the other three
1: um I, I think if you can get to a semi-final you can win it and if you look at the other side of the draw I think quietly going about their business and look at some of the results in the last few years Argentina won't be a million miles away they have the capacity to beat anyone they've improved in the rugby championship they've obviously they're a World Cup team they've been in two semi-finals in 07 and 15 and um, so i think you know what they've done particularly under michael check i spent a bit of time with them I, I wouldn't say that they're they're confident but they're certainly not afraid of any opposition and i suppose if if they could find you know a less challenging route into a semi-final to pit themselves against the likes of of an ireland or a france or a new zealand uh, or a south africa you know in a game like that you're only one game away from a final so of course they're definitely capable for me of of winning it, albeit probably on on the outside of, of the rankings. It does feel as though a likely winner is going to come from pool A and B, but not a certainty.
0: How good do you think are South Africa as defending champions, particularly after what they did at Twickenham recently to New Zealand? And what about the pressure on France's hosts?
1: Yeah, I think South Africa was a real wake-up call to to everyone. I think for me, I, I, I queried whether they could win uh, a World Cup without Andre Pollard, um, Manny LeBoc, you know, is in far less experience that I'd have than than the World Cup winner. And you know, just looking at what happened in that New Zealand game, the uh, annihilation up front, the the platform at which they set the seven one split, it just felt as though they sent sent out a reminder that they're not going to be you know relinquishing their their World Cup try um, Triumph very easily, um, and then on top of that, you know France, who have had a couple of big injuries, to be honest with you, I'm wondering how they're going to react to it. There's, you know, there's been some reports in in the media today around uh, one of the replacements brought in, and and uh, uncertainty around criminal charges that have amounted to him. Macron has had his word in that regard, so. You know, straight, it's already begun. You know, when you lose into Mac, you lose someone like Dante and said, what? It's not necessarily your starting 15 that's going to be impacted, but it's going to be your bench that's impacted. It's the next group that wouldn't have been in the 23 all of a sudden are coming in. Can they step up to the plate? So I think there's huge pressure on this French team. And I think they have a lot to prove because as much as they have been in finals and semifinals, they've never managed to do. And they're the best team in the world consistently to have never won the World Cup.
0: And of course, New Zealand have never lost a pool game in the World Cup. Could it happen to them on Friday night against France, though?
1: It could, but I, I think I might have read that that France have only won one in the last fifteen against New Zealand. If I'm if I'm not uh, incorrect with that one, it, which seems a shock because the the big performance in Paris a couple of seasons ago was a real reminder that France were back. That defensively they were excellent. Sean Edwards coming in doing a terrific job. Whereas I, I would still suggest, certainly on the basis of the injuries that have amounted in, 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 in France. Um, I, I would look at New Zealand being the favourites for that one, but sh- there should be real fireworks and a real opportunity for whoever wins that one to set the tone for the rest of the tournament.
0: Just a couple of other ones. Are England going to get knocked out on the pool stage, do you think?
1: Probably not, but it's not inconceivable. I think if you look at, um, at what we've seen over the last... Month, you know, they've been um, nothing short of, of substandard from their perspective. Uh, very disappointing defensively and in attack. They've looked, they've really looked as though they've lacked ideas. They've obviously lacked leadership because Owen Farrell has been suspended. Uh, they're going to have to do without him for the opening couple of games, which are their two tough games against Argentina and, and Japan. Um, so it, it, you know, they're they're certainly. not far uh, foregone conclusions in victory with either of those in fact you'd have to suggest that Argentina are firm favourites for that one Um, but England you know also have delivered at World Cups they've been to finals they've won it and so you know they are capable of turning it around in a short space of time but by God they want to get their act together quickly
0: Brian, we did an event recently for UCC Rugby Club in Cork and you cited a really interesting statistic that day about the very low points against by World Cup winners in recent tournaments and contrasted it to a slightly higher figure for Ireland over the last couple of years against the big teams. Now, would that concern you that the Irish defence may not be at World Cup winning level, or could it be that the game has evolved so that the scores for both winners and losers in games has just become higher
1: anyway? Actually, Matt, to be honest with you, the margin actually is 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 very little between you know what Ireland have um, done over conceded the average points conceded in the last ten games against Tier One opposition is just under fifteen points, and if you look at the last three World Cups, they've kind of been. They've been averaged out at a concession of like nine and a half, 12 and a half and 13. So if you look at how the game has evolved in the last four years, teams going to the corner, an awful lot more or less kicking of three pointers. You'd have to feel as though scoring averages have increased. So if you took, take, and um, the, the, um, the difference between, you know, a 13 point average. Um, points received by South, uh, by um, New Zealand in, in their World Cup versus Ireland at 15, we're, we're really not that far away. Defenses definitely win World Cups and that's why South Africa are probably still primed as, as favourite because their defence is suffocating and it's it has managed, you know, for the most part over the course of the summer to nullify most of the opposition. So um, can Ireland continue being one of the best defensive teams and then layer on top of their great attack game? If they can do that, well, then they've got a shot.
0: Final thing, because Brian, you'll be working at this tournament as part of TV coverage with ITV and you'll be doing other work as well. But how much as a rugby fan are you looking forward to this?
1: Yeah, I think a lot more this time around than the, the other World Cups. I think the more separation you have um, from the teams, the more you become a fan, before, the more you enjoy it, the more uncertainty there is as to what's going on in camp. Whereas when you've got a number of old pals that have played in teams, you can call them up or text them and inquire as to what's going on. There's very little connect other than the obvious in Johnny Sexton, and one or two others. So it does feel as though there's... a an increased separation from this crew. And so as a result, you you can't align yourself with that team in any shape or form. And then you revert to uh, the rugby fan and, and analyst that I, that I am. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. And obviously the prospect of, what could lie ahead in the next couple of months is, um, is eye-catching for sure.
0: What might lie ahead? This is the Don't Jigsaw campaign that you're doing with Guinness. Are you tempting fate here? Are you, do you think that we might be celebrating at the end of October as World Cup champions?
1: You know that you can only think that and not, not jinx it. You can you can't say it <laughs> out loud. Now I did it. I did it four years ago on a podcast and it didn't work out great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> keep the dry on that front and say that we're gonna be a handful for any team that we do come up against, but we need a huge slice of lady luck to get anywhere to where we've been before.
0: We can only hope. Prior to discuss- Thank you for joining us here on The Last Word in Today FM. We'll be back after this.
1: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today